everybody welcome to another episode of soju chronicles i am nat and i'm nikki and we are here to talk all things anime mangas dramas books and you know all the in between so let's start with what we're drinking as always what are you drinking i am drinking a so um the bottle is in the fridge and i'm too lazy to go get it but (laughs) i got a watermelon jose water oh uh, jose cuervo watermelon margarita and i put like an extra shot of tequila in it because it was weak to me personally yeah okay um so i have like no alcohol in my house basically at this point um running solo i went downstairs to my sister's and she also has nothing <laughs> so uh it was basically whatever was left in that on the rocks margarita and what was left mm-hmm. in that bailey's bottle and i feel like bailey's for like a hot chocolate so i mixed the on the rocks margarita with um literally just this like oasis health break juice it's like orange carrot and mango so i'm getting like <laughs> an immunity boost and also alcohol at the same time <laughs> I can't but, eat you. Don't, we are gonna definitely like we were like oh god we gotta go to the LCBO and like stock up for Christmas because we know it's gonna get crazy you know how it gets in December uh but yeah all right so guys we're happy to be back <laughs> and we're ready. we promise we've had some technical issues uh that we are still kind of working on to be quite honest but yeah <laughs> yeah we, we're definitely planning to be back for sure and um want to say thanks for all of the people who listened to us because we saw our sh- our spotify wraps and i was very thank surprised you. <laughs> that we got to those so many five people. people that were you know i think i'm one of the five I, actually i'm probably one of the five as well that have us in their top five we love it Right. I mean, even just like the top 10, there were like, what, 16 people or something like that? I thought that yeah, was, like, that was crazy. Like, that yeah. was very impressive. And we yeah. grew 32%. Yeah, exactly. And like that one episode, Sebastian Michaelis could get it. I have to go re listen to it because I have to know why oh, it was so well loved. Me too, because it was like, it was streamed 489% more than our average episode. And eighty three percent. Last year it was the last year it was that um the the summer soul one. Ah uh, yeah yeah. Which by the way guys um I found out that there's going to be a second book, right. and we will be reading the second book. Right. Um. And we got um eighty three percent of our listeners this year discovered us this year, which is kind of crazy. Uh, also, our most shared episode was Would You Rather Fuck a Pumpkin Spice Latte or a Door? <laughs> <laughs> and our rating is 4.8. I don't know if that is that out of 5 or is that out of 10? Oh, sorry, it's out of wait. Five, I, think. Oh. Wait, but I, I hope it's out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's out of 5. Yeah, I hope so too. Okay. Well, Anyways, we want to say thank you guys so, so, so very much. Uh, it was a nice surprise to see our Spotify rap. Especially since I actually, I, I'm with Apple Music, so I don't even get a rap. I have, like, the Apple version you of it. You do? Why does everybody say you get a rap? It's like a Apple version of it. but it's Yeah, it's a replay. 
I know. I got. I had my Apple Replay, which doesn't really count because I don't really use my Apple Music. On <laughs> the only time I use my Apple Music is when I'm like traveling, because mm. I like just have them on my. I have it on my phone as opposed to Spotify, where I don't download things. Spotify, I'm more of a streamer on where I like stream music. Apple Music is where I like download the music to my phone. Mm. See, I'm never getting rid of Apple because if you're an old head like me. Back in the day when iTunes was a thing, I actually bought music that's on iTunes. Same. So, I have some. I, I have used iTunes <laughs> music that I bought too. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> right. We're getting off topic. Sorry. Anyways, let us just drop my my work mouse. My bad. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Oh no! Oh my God. Speaking of, oh no! It makes me think of Rose, um, because you know Australia, and I just want to know. Is she ever going to get rid of that blonde hair? I mean, her hair is fried. She's going to have to cut it very short soon if she doesn't get rid of it. So, um, yeah. It's just, I, I just thought of it because I like saw a picture of her today and I was just like, okay, girl, you guys are a quote unquote group now, but like, we know you're not. So like, can you go back to your natural hair color at this point? Like, please. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Hyoyin goes back to black once in a while you know like i feel like i've never seen i haven't seen and she has the strongest scalp in the motherfucking k-pop business like right exactly and she she does a brown and a black once in a while like come on rose i know you i know your scalp is tired anyways anyway yes so i can i i i have something to contribute i just realized because last time you told me to talk about it here. So I did finish all three seasons of The Boys. Oh, um, yeah. And I watched Gen V. <laughs> so ah, I'm very yeah. deep in The Boys franchise at this point in time. Um, For the three seasons of The Boys, I actually like it. I enjoyed it. It's very gory. Um, yeah. The wildest thing, though, for me is that I can't remember much of the third season. I, I think the third season was when they, like, um, had, like, the temporary V and then that, like, that um, senator. But I can't remember much of the third season because I, I don't think, I don't think I enjoyed the third season as much as the other two, the first two seasons. But if I recall, um, I think it ended well. Like, it ended on, like, a good, like, ooh, what's coming next for season four type feel, you know? Oh, okay. But I definitely loved Gen V. Gen V was so good. You know what it was? It, Gen V gave me the um, college superheroes type feel. And it just kind of reminded me of like a CW show a little bit. And just also okay. to how like unexpected, like once again, super gory. It was very gory, like the boys. But I loved Jazz Sinclair in it. And then like, I don't know, it was... It was fun. It was like a fun, like, you know, college version. Um, and that ended on like a great like cliffhanger for me to see, for me to want like I want Gen V's season two more than I want the boys season four. You know what I'm saying? Like Homelander is the worst. Like that just an evil nasty white man and that's something i do enjoy with the boys in general is that like it is a show that is very much 
it's not it, it it's reflective of t- our society you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but it's also doing it in a way where it's like it seems it seems so exaggerated and like out there but it's like it's the reality of what the situation is you know mm-hmm. and i think with them painting it as like oh it's these supers that are like freaking insane because they're white supremacists you know right. it's like oh look at this I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. But Gen V, oh my gosh. I have not like had like a ship in a long time. Marie and Jordan from Gen V. I love it. Love it. I so like Marie been, like in the ship sauce lately between this and the Buccaneers. Yes. <laughs> Those are my two ships right now. I don't know. It, they just eaten. It's just, it's nice to have a ship. I haven't had a ship in so long. But Marie and Jordan, I love it. Cause, so Jordan is, um, their superpower is that they switch genders. Actually, I, don't, I really truly don't understand what Jordan's power is. All I know is that, you know, we get girl Jordan and guy Jordan. And okay. Jordan's super strong. But I don't know. I love it. I love it. And then Jordan is just funny. Marie... Marie's powers are so freaking cool. She has like um blood. That's her power. It's like she can control blood, but she doesn't know the extent to which she can do it either. Because um, what's her name? The senator, she has the same um type of power, and she be making me- people's head explode out of nowhere. Like bitch is crazy. Ew. But and then I thought Kate. Kate had a really good power, power too. But you know what's funny? I, I saw a TikTok and the TikTok said, uh, the TikTok said, I knew from jump that Kate was evil because she was a big blue eyed white woman. She was like, was and what was her power? Literal manipulation <laughs> with her sad blue eyes manipulating people. There you go. And I was cracking up. But yeah, so I would give, so the boy season one, I would give eight and a half. Boy season two, I would give nine and a half because I actually really like season two. And then season three, I would give about, I would say maybe a seven and a half. And then for Gen V, I'd give Gen V a solid nine out of 10 for their um, first season. So yeah. Okay. Um, did you give like a brief kind of summary of the boys at all? Cause I, feel like I did, did last time. Oh, you did? Okay, good. Okay. I didn't know if you did. I, I, I know you didn't, but I was like, not 100% sure. Cause I was like, okay. But so, I, can, yeah. I should just give a yeah. brief. I, I'll give you guys a brief, um, what the brief synopsis is for yeah. both shows. Yeah. So the boys, it's based on a comic. Um, I'm pulling it up on you, not YouTube. Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia. If it would load, it's it's just circling. Circle, 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 circle. I'm sorry, guys. It's it's like loading. I, there's nothing I can do <laughs> but wait on it to load. Here, I'll pull it up. If it's okay, here it is. <laughs> okay, so the boys. It's. An American satirical superhero television series developed by Eric for Prime, and it's based on the comic book of the same 
name. So the premise is that the boys is set in a universe where superpowered individuals, collectively colloquially known as soups, are recognized as heroes by the general public and work for a powerful corporation known as Vought International that markets and monotonize I always cannot pronounce that word. Monotonize them. Monotonize. Monotonize. Whatever. Outside their heroic personas, most soups are corrupt and self-serving. The series primarily focuses on two groups, the boys, a team of vigilantes looking to bring down Vought and its corrupt superheroes, and the seven, Vought's premier superhero team overseen by executive Madeline Stilwell. The boys are led by the charismatic but violent Billy Butcher, who honestly, he's pretty, he's daddy as fuck. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, that is one fine old man. Um, <laughs> the boys are led by the charismatic, but listen, there's a scene in season two when he, because like, Billy had disappeared at the end of season one because, you know, his wife got raped by Omedrila. Big long story but anyways he had disappeared and then he didn't show up back with the boys for a while and then at the end of the season like at the end of um season one's first episode he shows up and then he's like that is home and his little fucking australian accent i don't know it was (laughs) it was really funny but anyways um (laughs) that was not even an australian accent a while ago the boys are led by the charismatic but violent Billy Butcher, who despises all soups, and the seven are led by the egotistical and unstable Homelander. At the start of the season series, the boys are joined by Huey Campbell, whose girlfriend is killed in a freak accident involving a member of the seven, while the seven are joined by Annie Starlight January, a young and hopeful heroine forced to face the truth about those she admires. Other members of the seven include the disillusioned Queen Maeve, a drug addicted A Train, Insecure Deep, Mysterious Black Noir, and the white supremacist Stormfront. The boys are rounded out by their tactical planner, Mother's Milk, the mute animalistic soup, Kimiko, and weapons specialist, Frenchie. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. I just remembered, too, that Jen and I were like, what is the deal with why A Train, who's the fastest man, had to be black? And then we were like, and then we were like, and we were like, hmm, why was Kimiko like, you know, the mute Japanese woman? Like, hmm, but whatever. And then Gen V's description. So this is a spinoff from the boys at the gold. At the Goldolkin University School of Crime Finding, founded by Thomas Govolting, young adult superheroes put their moral boundaries to the test by competing for the university's top ranking and a chance to join the seven, Vought International Elite Superhero Team. When the school's dark secrets come to light, they must decide what kind of heroes they want to become. And let me tell you, that premise does not cover the insanity of the shit that went down in this fucking eight episodes of this season. I swear to God. Very, very interesting. But yeah. So anyways, so that's me. Okay. Well, um, okay. So I watched and I read something. Uh, So I guess I can start with what I read. So I did read Black and White Half Love at the Office. And it says it's literally just it tells you what it's about it's a yuri slugfest at the office 
Shirakawa Junko is headed for the top of the corporate ladder in the overseas investor department at the bank where she works until Kuroda Keio transfers over from corporate sales. Is this one of the ones that we saw in Japan? No, it wasn't. I I randomly came across it at um, B&B like a couple weeks ago. Oh, I did find the ones we find we we saw in Japan, but they're not translated. No, I know. <laughs> Kale is another all-star employee, and she has a foreign university degree to boot. When Kale and Junko are assigned to work together, their heated rivalry reaches critical mass. Whether they're banging each other's heads or simply banging each other, these two office rivals are ready to go at it. And let me tell you, they do get it. They like get into it okay but what i like about it um the story and art is by sal jang just letting you know uh but what i like about it is that both uh ko and junko are like people who really want to get ahead at work and they are not like they pretend to be much nicer than they actually are they're manipulative they are conniving they're scheming and the only reason they hate each other is because they they notice that each other does it that's literally what it is because Junko notices that Kao was like recording conversations that other people were having so that she could use it to come up with plans and reason to talk to people. And she was like, what the fuck is this lady doing? Like, what's her deal? And when she was figuring her out, Kao noticed that Junko was spying on her. And so that's kind of why they sort of came ahead because they both, um, I think Junko got promoted and then Kao got transferred in. So they're both kind of starting at the same time. And everybody in the office is in love with them. Men, women, everybody's in love with them, of course. You know you know how Asian culture, culture is. It's like, you're the best thing ever, bonding over people crazy, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so everybody's in love with them. And, like, they're, like, you know, you know, kind of, like, oh, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want to be too humble. I don't want to be too nice. I, I don't want to be too, like, all of these things. And it's, like, so interesting to watch them because then you see, you see from Junko's perspective, like, her POV. Uh, but you see, like, her thoughts while she's there. Like, she will have, like, the most manipulative, you know, destructive, evil thoughts. And she'll be set, sitting there talking to her and play, like, oh, your hair's so pretty. I wish my hair was like that. And it was just, like, so funny to read. Um, so, but that's why I kind of like it, because they're not nice people. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> they're like, I am going to get ahead. I want to be the best and I want to get all the promotions and that's my priority and this bitch is playing my game so I have to play the game better than her and then all they do but like literally as soon as once one of them went up to each other they just grab each other pull them into like a conference room and start like making out and biting each other up and like you're just like whoa (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot so I I read the first volume which has like I think four chapters and um, I saw on Wikipedia that it has, there's only three volumes and they're all in Japanese. They're all out, but only two are out in, in English. So I actually will buy them because I actually really like the artwork and I like it because I feel like, I feel like a lot of the Yuri stuff that I have actually seen outside of like Pornwa stuff, because Pornwa stuff is always going to be Pornwa stuff, regardless of sexuality, gender, like it don't matter. It's just they're there to fuck that's all it's about okay um, <laughs> like i feel like with yuri sometimes it's like very it's still very romanticized and soft and cute and i'm just like mm, i want to see i literally you went so low that i didn't oh, even hear anything sorry. you were like you were just like so i'm like what <laughs> oh, sorry. okay 
Yeah, no, I'm just like, I, I just tend to see sometimes like when I come across Yuri in like stores and stuff like that, it's like soft, romantic, yeah, know, pedals on the bed. And I'm like, mm, I kind of want to see someone get slammed into a wall sometimes, you know, I'm just saying. And they definitely be doing that in this. So I approve. I like it. I'm going to continue reading it. Okay. And then I guess to continue this horny fest, uh, I watched something called Holy Nights. So, you know, I'm on Tubi. I need something to watch, you know, to contribute. And I come across Holy Night. And I'm like, okay, like, you wouldn't kind of expect it to be what it is. Let me, this is synopsis on Wikipedia. So, <laughs> Mori Shinta doesn't know what to make of the situation when the sexiest girl in school, Kishimoto Lilith, Lilith starts trying to seduce him and things get extremely physical. Shinta isn't rich or the popular guy in school. So it doesn't make sense why Lilith would be so interested in him. But Lilith is, in fact, a vampire, a moray, a secret she will kill to keep hidden, and she needs Shinta for a special purpose. As the relationship between Shinta and Lilith grows, it gets harder for her to keep the secret hidden. When violent, unexpected attacks begin, those close to him, like his semi-romantic childhood friend, Makumura Shizuru, uh, um, are involuntarily thrown into the chaos. Deep, dark secrets get revealed, including a secret about Shinto himself he's not even aware of, but everyone else seems to know. Okay, so on Tubi, this synopsis is, like, bare. So if I had read this synopsis, I might have had more of an idea. But the one on Tubi was, like, vampire story. I was like, okay, let me watch it. So I start watching it. It's only two episodes. And it's based on a manga that has four volumes so far. It's still actually ongoing. Uh, so basically, we start... And it started so beautifully because, like, Lilith is, like, a little girl. Her her parents, like, you can see, like, there's an attack and, like, a war going on. And her parents are running her away with her. And they're like, you know, we need to get away. We need to get away. And her mom is like, you know, I love you. And she she leaves them, her and her dad. And then her and her dad are, like, at the beach. And people are, like, gaining on them. And so he like he's like, you have to go. You have to go. And he fights all these people while she's in a boat, like, leaving. And then she runs into this lady. Um, I can't remember her name. This is this vampire lady. Uh, and the vampire lady's like, oh, I'm going to take care of you because you're the last of this line. So she takes care of her. And then it kind of, like, jumps to her. And you think, like, honestly, when I first saw Lilith as an adult or, like, older, I thought she was, like, 25, okay? I think she's supposed to be, like, 15. But I thought she was, like, 25. She was, like, a grown-ass fucking person. I'm sorry. So I'm like, okay. You know, like, adults. Yeah. Okay, great. Then we the POV kind of changes and we're in Shinta's, you know, sort of POV and Shinta's going to school. Shinta, of course, like most Japanese children, seems to live alone. Um, I don't know why, but he's in high school and he, or maybe he's in college. He, actually, you know what? It doesn't actually state where he, what school he goes to. But he lives alone with his cat and he has a best friend, um, Chizuri, who's, mad, who's madly in love with this man and he's just like, mm, I don't know. Uh, I don't see it, so it doesn't exist, I guess. And so they go to school, and Lilith starts... Lilith, basically, from the moment she meets him, is trying to, like, fuck this dude. And I'm just like, oh, so, okay. So we get to the school, and it's, like... I think it's, like, a religious school or something like that, because there's a church randomly that they tend to be in as well, too. So I was like, okay. And um, one of the teachers, fine old man. I don't know what his name is, but he's fine. And, you know, he's in on it. He's there to watch her, blah, blah, blah. So you think, like, oh, vampire mystery story, whatever. And then it gets bad and weird. So basically, like, she's just always trying to, like, fuck this dude. He is, of course, you know, 
the the dude who's like i've never been with somebody so blah 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 but the weirdest thing about this is that like when the plot was plotting it was really working and then when they started doing all the weird gratuitous stuff like some she turn around and walk away and like they get a panty shot or like they randomly would have this like black guy who was like um who's like a fitness coach on tv and um Chizuri, the best friend, was doing his workouts. And basically, it was literally just so that her breasts could flop around. Like, I feel like that was the only purpose for those scenes. Um, because why do we need to see her working out? What does that add to the story? Um, and then and then it got weirder. Like, <laughs> like when I messaged you, I was like... <laughs> so, when you messaged me, I was just like, what the fuck is this bitch talking about? Okay, so she starts to catch feelings, of course, for Shinta. Who sh- and sh- I mean, Shinta's basically just a basic everyday white dude at this point. Like, that's what I'm going to, like, uh, assume that he is. And so she, you know, starts to catch feelings for him, even though she's, like, a 30 and he's not even a 5. But that happens. And <laughs> she, he's, all like, he's all like, you know, I thought it was supposed to be, you know, between people who loved each other. And she was just like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> It's like so she's starting to think now oh maybe i i need to catch feelings for him in order to do this uh and you know and so they they kind of there's a time where she like is outside catch a joke so his cat and her dog they're like beast thingies i don't know whatever but they're loyal to them and they like protect them whatever so the beast her one named plum is like, you know, you should be careful outside because the Japanese sun is no joke. And I was like, oh, he's, he's right about that. Japanese sun do not play. So she's outside. She starts swaying because she's out in the sun and she's a vampire. And he and she passes out. So he, like, gets, he brings her home. And instead of, like, doing CPR or whatever, he literally just opens her shirt. And I was like, um, what, what? what what's the purpose of this? Like, why are we, <laughs> why are we doing this? Because he doesn't even, like, try to like you know do some you know cpr or anything like that heart palpitations he doesn't do none of that he just opens her shirt so you can see her bra i was like maybe shinta needs to do some some cpr training maybe that's what is missing here because i don't understand what is going on but anyway so she starts to catch feelings he starts to catch feelings and then the teacher guy from the school the hot one and his two other hot friends they start trying to attack her and then her her loyal doggy plum you know turns into a man and he like beats their ass so they retreat and then he actually goes after the best friend shizuri and like bites her and i don't know something happened to her now like anytime she bleeds like she cuts her finger it heals right away um and this is after he kissed her and like bit her lip and i guess ate some of her blood or gave her some of his blood i don't know what's happening but like they might have a love story i guess i don't know whatever so the end those dudes kidnap her of course when it's at night when she's in her nightgown and like (laughs) i shouldn't be laughing because it's so fucked up but the hot guy is like waving the gun around and he's like He's like, you know, I'm going to, sh- these bullets have like holy water in them. I'm going to fuck you up because as soon as you get hit with one of these, you're going to um, disintegrate and it's like going to be like you didn't exist at all. And it's going to show how unholy you are, blah, blah, blah. And you think he's going to smack her around the gun. He pops it in her mouth. He's like, this gun that you're sucking on right now. <laughs> she's like, are you serious? Like, I, I, I was sitting there like, 
if this hadn't been like the last 10 minutes of the second episode, I would have just stopped it right then and there. Because I'm like, what the fuck? And then instead of like torturing her, he rips off her clothes so her breasts are out. And I'm like, but why? And then he makes a rape joke or something like that. And then Shinta comes and they're like, you're supposed to do it because apparently Shinta is like some reborn old dude who was, you know, supposed, who was like prophesized to kill her. And he doesn't, he, he like awakens and he beats their asses and they leave and he like stays with her. So I guess they're going to be together. But here's the thing. So it's not just that she has to fuck this dude and have his kid. It's that she has to fuck this dude, have his kid and then kill the kid and him and bathe in their blood. So I'm kind of like, how does what? this, yeah, like, does this happen? Like, I'm confused. But anyway, so that was Holy Night. Uh, zero out of five, zero out of ten. <laughs> I'll watch again. It's so dumb. Tubi always had, like, I was telling you, Tubi, like, if it doesn't have this, like, the generic, you know, Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon, you know, Detective Conan, Naruto, whatever. If it's not one of those stapled things, and those are always either dubbed or subbed, like, there's, that's all they have. Mm-hmm. It's just some weird-ass fucking shit that nobody knows about that's super horny. That is my opinion on anything on Tubi. Anything that's dubbed. Because you can watch, like, Psychopaths and stuff like that in just, like, no subtitles. You can just watch it and figure it out on your own, I guess. But if it's going to be a dubbed show, it's going to be the horniest show that you, you've just never heard of. And, like, that just seems to be what people watch on TV. I was like, okay, live your life. There has to be, like, a market for... There's a market for everybody, you know? So, hey. Uh, But, yeah, that's it. I still haven't watched Attack on Titan. I'm going to watch it this weekend so I can get back into One Piece. Because all my friends are ahead of me now in One Piece. (laughs) (laughs) I got to catch up. Uh, But, yeah, so that is it for, like, animes and mangas and stuff like that. Uh, we are going to go into dramas. Honestly, the only drama that I have actually watched, I think, is just with you guys when we watched uh, Full House. I think we watched two episodes of Full House last week. Um, I know not this, week, but uh, la- maybe last week. <laughs> um, maybe. Girl, I don't remember. I'm not even gonna hold you. I know I'm gonna actually have to go into the group chat to see to confirm this because I can't remember. Uh, but that literally, if even if it isn't or is the case, that's literally all I've watched. So why don't you go first? And if we do have to add Full House after this, we can add Full House after this. But yeah, you go because we didn't. But we, we did we. But we watched more episodes of Love You Forever, or did we not? I can't remember either. Oh wait, we did. I think. It would have been if we did it would have then we would have watched um Full House because it would have been the yeah. same week. So I have a watch together for Lost You Forever on the eighteenth, <laughs> which was a Saturday. Um and we did not record last week. No. Oh, so that means that yeah. So if it was okay. the eighteenth, that meant that we watched Full House the thirteenth. Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't leave until the 14th. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. So, yeah, we did watch Lost You Forever. What happened in those episodes? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it just, it, things just be happening, guys. They just be happening. I'm sorry. I don't, I, like, I, it'll come to me. I mean, no, okay. we do remember well, what happened. We realized that we really are lost in the sauce with that white-haired dude. So, like, but you I mean, we knew that from the get-go. We knew that. But I don't it, know. 
no, that no, man, I, there's I, just something I, about that man. I specifically remember you say, like, saying to you, though, that, like, man, I kind of prefer the dude that's slapping her around. <laughs> yeah, we're like, what is wrong with us? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Oh, there was there was something with the with the with the bitch, right? With the bitch um, princess. They kidnapped her. So her the white haired guy had the scheme because remember, um, the faux brother, faux incest ship. Um, he put some some poison or some like disease or something like that in the camp of the enemy army where the white guy where her guide is in like in charge of, and so. Um, she has to figure out like the antidote or whatever, and they realized that it was with the incest throw. So they put that scheme out to kidnap the princess because they knew that he was going to do anything to save her. So that I think is still in the works. I think they just kidnapped her right now. Um, oh, okay. So like, yeah, but that was like the happened at the end of the, the end yeah. of the four episodes that we watched. Right. <laughs> right, right. That basically is what happened there. I mean, honestly, guys. It literally is, like, this is supposed to be, like, a harem, a reverse harem romance. And I have actually read reviews from people who read the book. Kind of just because I wanted to get a feel for, like, how it, like, ends. Um, I, don't, I mean, obviously, the, end, the drama doesn't have to end the same way as the book does. Uh, but I was kind of curious how that would but work. there's supposed to be a season two, so, like, nothing... Right, it's set in stone. But, yeah, we yeah. definitely prefer the mean guy who bites her um he's yeah. he's his character is more my one prevalent complaint is this that they could have tried a little bit harder to make young zit look like a man like yes. come on come right. on right and it looks like, it's like it's you know what the thing is too though i think with a story like this i like when men are having like sexual identity crisis but everyone know they all know she's a girl right right so it's kind of like i mean maybe that's like a chinese censor thing you know like they have to be more explicit about it in these gender things maybe it's different in the book Ooh, but, tomato yeah. tomato throwing tomatoes yeah. anyways so, mm-hmm. oh and we're doing full house but what yeah. happened in full house i the only thing i remember is just that like his family loves her oh and she's stupid because she has she could be with that nice better looking cousin right. But she's choosing this one. <laughs> this bum who don't even want her because he keeps running over to the ex. So, sorry, the girl who basically when he proposed to her, she threw his ring back into his face. That's who he keeps running back to, even though, um, but they are getting closer because she, her, his family now loves her. And she stayed in his room that time and they were talking on the phone and he was telling her about his sister who was sick. She, I think she had like leukemia. Um, so like they're opening up slowly uh and but the friend like the girl i mean the girl in the triangle who's basically the one that he's in love with um (laughs) definitely stepped up she has definitely stepped up in her pursuit for this married man even though once again when he was going to propose to her she threw the ring back in his face so literally she just she just wants him now because he's with somebody else and the man that she wants doesn't want her anymore that's literally the whole point of it but I think we're gonna see um, more, more triangle square shit coming up. Like it's gonna be more explicit because before, I like, think we so were, too. like, yeah, they were kind of catching feelings. Now the actually the feelings are actually here. So we're gonna see how that kind of plays out. But we're like 
halfway, more than halfway in. So we're just going to end soon anyways. Hopefully we'll get it done before the end of the year. So we just kind of start fresh in 2024. Oh, God. I mean, we will. We decided. Yeah. We were very adamant. Yes. We're going to finish it. But yes. So what have you watched? Okay. So we're going to start with... Um, we're going to start with... We're going to start with what I tried to watch and stopped. What I'm okay. currently watching... Actually... Oh, shit, I forgot. I'm watching, actually, another thing, too. Oh, damn. Um, Hold on. Let me pull that up, too. But we're going to... So we're going to do what I started watching and dropped, what I am currently in the middle of watching, because I'm halfway there, a first impression on a K-drama, and then I finally finished Love You Forever. So. Okay. Or Love You Seven Times. Sorry, because we were just talking about Love You Forever. I was going to say, is that maybe another drama? I didn't know. <laughs> okay, so first up. Drama I, drama I um, watched, like, I think I watched seven episodes. I actually don't remember. I watched a few, though. Like, wasn't very deep into it. I think, yeah, I think about seven or eight episodes. Um, it's called My Journey to You. And it stars um, Esther. And so uh, Love Between Fairy and Devil. Yes. The, it's her and the, the guy who was the second male lead. Oh, my God. I listened so, to that drama. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, so um, it's her and um, Zhang Luhe and then Ryan Chen and Liu Yu Shao. Uh, it's basically, so I'm going to read a description. It says, the series tells the story of... Yun Wei Shan, a spy longing for freedom, who infiltrates the Gong residence to complete a mission. In the eerie and treacherous Gong residence, she encounters love and friendship, embarks on the journey of self-discovery, and finds the determination to move forward. Together with the rebellious nobleman Gong Ziyu, they grow old, they grow and mature through their shared experiences. So, for me personally, um, you know, Esther's acting was not the best, but also I don't. She's not used to these type of roles. I don't think because she did have to be a little bit more serious and like try to give the illusion of being a um, assassin. So basically, Wei Shang, she's an assassin under this like um, elite martial arts group, and their rival is the Gong. Um, line or whatever and in the gong line they're all kind of weird because they have like strict rules about this family does this and this family does that and blah 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 whatever nobody cares and then we have um from esther's little like assassin clan they send her in as one of the brides that are about to marry into the family but then they also sent like two other girls and then one is like a meh and the other one is like a shoe and like the shoe is like the lower level and the meh is like the top level for me personally the reason why i stopped watching it after nine episodes beyond the kind of um stiffness of esther's acting was just that like how was i supposed to believe that this girl is a trained assassin and she knew absolutely fucking nothing and I was like, for a second, I was like, no, maybe she's just pretending not to know. And I'm like, but the thing is, I don't want to keep watching to find out if she's actually just fucking with everybody or not. Because the thing <laughs> is, I really do think she's that dumb that. Like, I really do. 
And then the minute I saw this, the minute that I start actively looking forward to the second lead couple's scenes more than the first lead couple, I'm like, it's a wash. Like, why am I watching this? Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I stopped watching it after like about six or so episodes. Um, I will say, so Shang Li Ling He, like he in this role, I actually thought he did, he was doing a really good job. Um, because I think even because I think his role is similar to his the role that he had in um Love Between Fairy and Devil, where he's playing more of the sincere good guy, yeah. you know. So like in this role, he was like the bad, not a bad guy, but he um not bad guy. He was like the frivolous um second son who was just like party party booze blah 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 and now this responsibility is thrust upon him and he doesn't really know how to do it but you know what i'm saying like they it it was giving good like character for him in mm-hmm. as in a, in in juxtaposition to the other drama that i'm watching with him right now but we'll get to that i will say i do think esther and him have good chemistry i do think they have good chemistry i do think that like the scenes where they're like supposed to be like falling for each other are good but I just I was like you promised me like reading that description what what would you think you would think the story is going to be focused on her and like her journey really and like you know what I'm saying but instead it's like there's like a million side stories million side quests million other people and I'm just like I know that's not what you sold me so anyway so that's why I dropped that so following Ling he though I was like you know we dropped till the end of the moon and now story of Kunian Palace is out it has Bailu and Ling he and they're fucking in real life so is the chemistry gonna eat you know these are questions that we need to know right <laughs> am I wrong I'm very interested to know because I mean we know that's why her chemistry was real good in that other drama so <laughs> Anyways, down oh. so hey. <laughs> so, story of Kunin Palace. Um, Jiang Zhuning' unre- unrelenting desire to become empress eventually strains her bond with her childhood friend Yangling and leads to the arrest of the noble official Zhang Zhu. Guilt and remorse began to seep in with her short-lived reign as the empress comes to an end. With the help of Yangling as a general, rebels seize the capital capital and ruthlessly exterminate the entire royal family in her last desperate act Zhang Jiling pleads to exchange her life for the freedom of Zhang Zhe a man who has always shown her kindness as fate takes an unexpected turn Zhang um Zhang Jiling awakes in the body of her 18 year old self who has yet to enter the palace given another chance at life she vows to live differently beyond the palace walls yet fate would again as let fate would not let her escape. She becomes entangled in the palace intrigue once again as Princess Liang's study companion and a discipline of Jiwe, the well-respected imperial teacher and emperor's advisor, who also happens to be the mastermind behind the heinous rebellion that leads to her demise. And it's adapted from Kunin, which is a um, Chinese novel. So, first things first, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there so that people can decide if i'm being impartial or being biased um fun fact it was supposed to be bailu and ving shang like ving shang was supposed to have the role of jiwei and we were so close now because 
I think I want to see the two of them act together so badly because I think they would do so well, but it's whatever. Good news, though, he is doing a movie with... So, you remember um, Till the End of the Moon when we watched yeah. it? Yeah. Um, you know the one who... The girl who was the fox? Yes. Yeah, I so... Yeah, I think. Yeah, so Vin Shang and her, they're filming a drama right now. So I'm excited to watch that next year. Um, but anyway, so back to this. Um, so yeah, so it's it's a reincarnation story, you know? And... <laughs> Of course, China has to find a way to make it past the um, the censorship. So instead of it being that like she's reincarnated, what it actually is is it's a novelist that's writing this story, and she didn't like the way the the, the story was going, so she decided to scrap it and start from the beginning. So that's why reincarnation not allowed in no really. But they yeah. have all these like seven live things or whatever, right? No, so but that's different, right? Because it's like that. It's like the ascension type shows. Oh, like those are like those are like high genre fantasy where it's ascension. So like yeah. they can't do like like shows that like explicitly say, oh, this person was living this like this life, and then they they and then they go back into their same life earlier. They don't mm-hmm. allow that. And they don't allow like shows like if they're if you're gonna talk about demons and stuff, it has to be in like a fantasy realm. You can't talk about any demons um or possession after the the year of nineteen uh eighteen ninety six or something like that. I can't remember. So like yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very interesting. They have a lot of very strict laws about how you can and can't do the reincarnation storyline. Cause it's the same thing with Joy of Life. Cause that one it's technically supposed to be that there's a modern modern year man and he goes into the past, but instead they put it as like um once it was a movie, like you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Like a movie within the drama. So it's not the real drama. That's not what the drama is. It's so stupid. But anyways, yeah. so she's basically a selfish, narcissistic bitch, and she goes into the past and she's like, you know what? Like, what was my what happened in the end i don't want that to happen again so i'm gonna turn over a new leaf and in the sense that not that she's gonna be nicer just that like she's not gonna try to be empress because she's still very much annoying even though she's like she she quote unquote has a good heart you know what i'm saying like she's still very much like like i what i do what i do do like so far so i'm like it's hard to explain because you know once i'm like halfway in it's like 40 episodes i think or 38 or something like that and I'm on like episode 20 so I really Mm -hmm. I only have like a few episodes left and so so much has kind of happened that it's hard for me to like go chronologically and explain all -hmm. of these different story arcs but what you need to know is that basically Juning and Jiwei they had this type of um Juning was like she was a terrible like Ninger was a terrible person she really cared about being empress and her and Yangling, they were like, everybody's like, oh, they're going to be a couple. They're going to be a couple. They're going to be a couple. She's like, no, he's just a friend, just a friend, just a friend. She When she when she comes back to the past, she ends up really liking Janju because she was like, she remembered everything that he did for her in the previous life. And then mm-hmm. Jiwe, he's always liked her, it seems, since she saved his life because like four years ago, they like came to the capital together and she had saved his life or whatever. And so it's very clear that he likes her. 
mm-hmm. but like he plays it off like he like doesn't like her but basically he doesn't think like he doesn't know that he likes her yet so in terms of their chemistry as of right now it's given okay um However, I did see a clip later on when they're on the bed, and I'm like, ooh, I think they was just waiting so that they could fucking be on that bed together. <laughs> but I will say, something to be applauded with Bailu is that she does have good chemistry with every male in this drama. Um, I do like her and Jangju. Like, I do like them together. And I was actually shocked because I thought, I when I looked at that actor in the show, I was like, okay, he's probably like, 25 26 you know i thought it was like a mid-aged man you know right, right. That, that boy is like 20 years old oh no way <laughs> how old is bailu huh how old is bailu she is 28 maybe that's okay because I, th- I thought she was like 30 already but okay. no i think she's 28 i think she's like born in 94 but my thing is it's not like it's not the age difference that mm-hmm. is the thing for me it's just that I really thought that man was older, but yeah. you know what it is too. Though I f- I forgot that like he's in the same they're in the same company, and so everything that I like all of the behind the scenes of the show is so cute. Um, and I'm like, mm, damn, they're in the same company. Oh my god, I know what that means. They are gonna be messing around eventually. Um, but you know who's also in this? And actually, I really like her character, cool. um, Sally from Google Dan. Oh, okay. I know. I didn't even realize it was her until recently when someone made a comment, and I was like, "Oh my god, well, it's I'm Sally!" Happy that she's working because I know. That yeah. The, no, she book is busy. I think she's in another one. She's gonna be in another drama too. But so far, this one's this drama is good. Um, the it reminds me of um, Rebirth of a Malicious Empress of Military Lineage oh, and. Love that one. Yeah. I love that novel so much, and actually, I'm gonna start rereading it. But um, my only, the one thing I don't like, and I know people are gonna come for me, they're gonna say you're a hater, but which I am, but it's fine. Ling He's his acting is just not very good. Um, when he's trying to really like emote the, exp- like I just think he, like I don't think he fits this character well. And I say that because once again, I think he's he should be like a character like Jue mm-hmm. is supposed because he's he he's like a mastermind, right? So it's like he's he's he he's the original like one of the original like um descendants for the crown. And then he what happened was when the rebels came and invaded the city, he ended up sacrificing himself and saying that he was the crown prince. And the rebels like ended up slaughtering like everybody. It was it was very traumatic for like a seven year old. Very traumatic shit to go to. But then the yeah. rebels quote unquote saved saved him, trained him up, and sent him back over here to be a spy. And so then he's like the the emperor's like second hand, but he's mm-hmm. also like undermining it kind of you know just weaving right. that whole um thing of mystery. But the thing is like a character like that kind of needs to have some like charisma. Like you need to feel the current like you need to be it needs to be believable why like everybody would trust him and mm-hmm. I just feel like he does not deliver that well and I which he has room for improvement though like because I see him trying so I think if he tries to take if he takes on more role like this he will eventually get there but it's like you can 
like there's scenes when he has to be like very emotional where he's like you know on the floor like screaming or talking about like what he's going through and it just doesn't translate well like it just looks kind of cartoonish you know and not very like depth feeling as opposed to Bailu when she's in her scenes where she's really giving in that emotion and really emoting and like these characters are Bailu's best characters like she cannot do nice dumb characters like that's just not her that's not her style. It's never going to be believable. You know what I'm saying? So like that's why yeah. we didn't like Susu. Because it was just not she was not believable. But not this she's so believable because it reminds me of her The Legends character, where it's like, Yes, this woman is like a heart of gold woman, but she's still vindictive. She's gonna do what she wants, like what she needs to get what she wants. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But anyways, so I'm still watching it. I'll I'll probably finish it soon. It's, um, my thing is, I was so deep in the binge that I made it up to episode 20, and now I'm just like, hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. So then, another, back to keep it in China, and then we'll do first impressions on the other drama. So to keep it in China, I finished Love You Seven Times, and I'm going to give everybody a refresh about what it was, because, you know, I've been watching that shit for, like, five months now. Um, (laughs) So, Zhen Yin was originally a cloud, but was later transformed into a fairy by the Red Thread Master and worked in the marriage pavilion. Zhen Yu volunteered to help her master to find immortal Chu Kung, the god of war, a marriage partner, but later got caught auctioning his marriage. The two quarreled and accidentally messed up the Red Thread of Fate, leading to an entanglement between the two that lasts for several lifetimes. However, their fate started way earlier in a memory that both of them didn't have. Okay, and it's adopted from a novel, blah, blah, blah. And it's cute. So um, last I talked about it, it was we're at episode 28, and they were in their past life of the 30,000 years ago trying to figure out what happened. So what happened 30,000 years ago was that <clears throat> Peng Hai and Chukum fell in love because that's their destiny. They're always destined to what? Fall in love. So anyways, they fall in love. They're actually mad cute. They're falling in love. They're, they're getting on, whatever. Um, the loser ass, lame ass motherfucking brother is like when he finds out that she's actually um the empress, it's like, no, I can't let him marry her because then I'm not gonna be the ruler of the seven kingdoms and I need to be God, basically. And so he then finds out that Kang Hai, because everybody in the Molulu clan, they're like every royal clan like every royal lineage in that clan has a twin and so the the um what's it called the prophecy or not the prophecy but the the thing is they say that with the two with the two um with the two twin with the twins it has to be in a boy and a boy and a girl if they're of the same gender or same sex then they one is going to be evil and one is going to be good right so when mm. she was born, it was her and her sister, and her sister had too much evil energy in her, so they locked her sister away. However, she didn't know she had a sister. She didn't know she had a sister until literally when this motherfucking loser-ass bumbaclot dick goes and finds the sister, manipulates her into, like, slaughtering one and an entire clan, and then he tempers with the holy prophecy and says that Kang Hai is going to become an evil demon and that they have to kill her. 
Mm. And so, and then he, he absorbs his sister's powers. Basically, Kang Hai ends up like sacrificing herself. When she ends up sacrificing herself, um, Chu Kong, he tries to save her, can't save her, whatever. Then the emperor removes that memory completely from Chu Kong. So that's why 30 years later, he doesn't remember Kang Hai, who becomes a cloud and then got transformed from a cloud into Zhang Yun, right? Which is the cloud fairy. Right. So he doesn't remember her because the emperor took the memory. So when they right. come back to present time, like when they come back to their like quote unquote present timeline, they, um, what happened, what they end up doing is they end up um, pretending that they didn't know. They go back into, um, they go into another lifeline, lifetime. Actually, they technically didn't kind of go into another lifetime because what happened was him and Jumin made a plan where they pretended that he, that Jumin killed him so that he could be reincarnated or whatever. He okay. gets um, reborn as the demon prince. And honestly, that was my favorite thing, Yushi. Like, I don't know. There's just something about a white hair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, oh, he was just so fucking cute. Mm. Yeah. But he becomes like the cat demon of like the demon clan, mm -hmm. which not to be mistaken with the Malulu clan, because the Malulu clan, they're not a demon clan. They're actually, they're a divine clan as well. They're just known as the evil divine clan, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyways, so he becomes a, but he does all of this so that he could get the demons, king's powers, so that he could then go um to where um Kang Hai's void is so that he could restore the power into Shang Yun. Uh obviously loser man finds out. They get into like there's like this big final fight or whatever. He takes um Shang Kang Hai, locks her up and is like trying to like spite her. Then they reveal to the to the crowd what he did and then he's like, No, I I'm the king or some bullshit. <laughs> He's very cartoon evil, real but they loser energy. Okay. real loser energy. So then, um, obviously, uh, Chu Kong ends up sacrificing himself to kill his brother because, like, it made like you know, Kang Hai did it every time. It was time for Chu Kong to pull his weight because right. my girl was dying for him in every lifetime. You know, like pull your <laughs> weight now, sir. So right. he like quote unquote dies or whatever. So then you know she's now like. Kang Hai, who's the rightful empress of the, like, of all the seven realms, but she doesn't want it, so she gives it to Xu Ming, and she goes back to the temple, and then at the temple, they run into each other, at the marriage temple, they run into each other again, and then it ends. So it was cute, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, I would give it a, I give it an 8 out of 10. I give it an 8 I out of 10. I enjoyed it, so... Yeah, it was cute. Like, I thought they were fun. They were cute. I smiled. I was like, oh, they're cute, blushing, you know? Yeah, so 8 out of 10. So, I had, I, I, I had planned to have another K-drama to talk about, but it's fine. So, after waiting seven months, I have finally watched um, My Demon because it finally premiered so this story depicts the story of a contract this series depicts the story of a contract marriage between dodo he the devilish heiress of a conglomerate and juju ju and jung guan a demon who temporarily loses powers this monetary loss brings them fleeting happiness but ultimately leads to hell 
So that's a weird description, but I mean, it's not wrong. So basically, we have Kim Ju Kim Yoo Jung, which is my girl. She's played Dozo E. She looks fucking phenomenal in this, let me tell you. Like, the looks? Mm, she eating down. She is eating down, like, prettier than a picture, girl. Like, I'm like, every time she's on my screen, I'm like, mm, yes. And then, even though Sung Kang is a little bit too skinny in this role for me, uh, I still think visually they look amazing. Like, it's okay. giving... Like, the visuals are eating. I know everyone's dragging his acting, but, like, he's never been an actor. So, what yeah, are we, not like... Not a single time has he been an actor. So like, why are we, like, I don't understand. Like, make it make sense, Nat. Like, why are we mad? Like, he's never been an actor. Like, I don't understand. But, yeah. So, anyways. So, his character is a demon, and he's, like, trying to, he doesn't pull off funny well. But it's fine. Um, he doesn't pull off goofy well, you know? But that's kind of the character that this is. Like, when I tell you this is the most cheesy, predictable, corny shit, and I'm just sitting there. And I'm not mad about it as of right now. I'm not mad about it. Because it's, like, it's exactly what I knew it was going to be, you know? Yeah. Like, there's there's just certain stories that you hear. He's like, oh, they're going to enter into a contract a contract relationship um, because, like, she has his powers now type thing. So, uh, Dodo is supposedly a bitch. Honestly, I don't see where she's a bitch. I just see a really hardworking woman, to be honest. That's all I saw in them two episodes. But apparently she's like the devil queen or some shit like that. Um, and she ends up going on a blind date because her the person who kind of is her mom forces her to go on this blind date. She goes on a blind date, but it's mistakenly on a blind date with him. And he's just like rude or whatever. And so they have like a they have a lot of banter back and forth. You know, it's cute. It gives um mm -hmm. turns out that like there's some secret mystery plot line that nobody gives a shit about but she almost she's like about to like get murdered and he appears and then he's like i will save you if you do a deal with me they are supposed to do the deal when all of a sudden they like f go over because like the guy who's about to murder her whatever they fall over into the ocean or into the river um when they come back she has his powers, he has no powers. Um, and then the only time he's able to activate his powers if, is when he holds her hand, right? Yeah. So um, at this point in the story, actually, he was trying to get back his powers because he thought that. So at the end of like the last episode, he basically um, jumps off with the two of them into the ocean again, like into the river again. And he did, but he didn't warn her. And so, you know, she's just like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking die. And then she comes up, like, after almost drowning. And she tears into that ass. Like, she tears into that ass. I was like, ooh, eat him up. Eat him up real good. Because she was like, what the fuck is... Basically, she was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you know, like, she cuts him out. Um, and then he's just like, now he's pouting because he doesn't know what to do. Because he's like, he has to collect all of these souls. And, like, without his powers, how is he going to collect the souls, you know? right so yeah so so far decent like i said it's not it's not like amazing where i'm like oh my god i must watch every episode but it's it's okay that i can watch it while i pass time so yeah yeah we will go into books i did not read anything so what i mean i did read this manga but <laughs> i did not read any books so let us know uh what you read okay so um 
I've read books. So I think the last time we we recorded, I had told you that I was trying to read like I think I told you I read a book a book called like Chicago something like Chica- the Chicago the urban romance book. Yeah. yeah, and then I told you I was in the middle of reading another one called Mike mm-hmm. Hurts Captivated a Hood Millionaire. Yeah. So I, I read that. I read it. I finished it. I finished my curves, Captivated a Hood Millionaire, part one and part two. Um, when I tell you, these are like, what goes, like, mm, no, <laughs> no, man. And like, people love it too, which is crazy. Because I'm just like, what? But basically, book one ends on a cliffhanger. Because what did, what even happened? Oh, so this story, I'm going to read it. Hold on. Let me just read the description. <sighs> Is this the first book? Yes. Protecting one's peace at all costs was one of the most important things in a person's life. After loving the wrong man, a tragic event occurred, realizing, re- releasing Ivana and her son Chase from a world of turmoil. She then packed them up and moved to Philadelphia to have a fresh new start in life. With Chase's medical condition always grabbing at Ivy's pocket, she worked hard to make sure he and she had everything they needed to survive and still live a little. But when things slowed down with some clients, Ivy turned to do the unthinkable to keep things afloat. In the midst of her new career, she ran into someone who would forever change her view on life and love. Knox Carr was the eldest twin to Kai Carr, the older brother to Callie Carr. He was not, he was not only the head of the family due to his strong-willed, militant, and intelligent ways, but he was the poster boy for the greatest dad. While Knox was still heavy in the streets, he was making a way for his family and a circle to get out of it alive. Kai and Kali have something up their sleeves, which would have brought in more money than they were already making. But was it worth it? Knox would later learn of their secret and all hell would break loose. While Ivy gets adjusted to her new work position, she must also learn how to juggle being a mom and having a love life. But would she give the right person the time of day? Knox had his hands full with family business and streets, and he felt the weight of the world on his back. But did he have enough strength to not fall under pressure? So this was book one. So um, basically, Ivy was with Jerome. I don't know. I'm just going to say his name, Jerome. His name was probably not Jerome, but... I'm I'm just happy that we have moved past Jamal because I feel like Jamal was like the quintessential black name for the longest time. Um, I actually saw that they did a video because Nanavi from Jujutsu Kaisen died. Yes, and somebody called him Nanami Lamont. Uh, I can't remember Kento or something like that. Whatever his last name is. So I feel like we're all trying to move past the Jamal because they're now using Lamont as well. But yes, continue. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, so she was with her baby daddy Jerome, and then he like died in a fire or whatever. So then she moved to live with I forget where her friend Mia. I don't know. I'm gonna say her name is like Mia. It was something with an M. But she went to live with her like cousin Mia, and then her and Chase or whatever. So then she's working as like a maid for like somebody. And then that person decided they didn't want her anymore, but then referred her to other people or whatever. So as she's a strip stripper in the strip club, she runs into this guy. I'm going to say his name is Mike. I genuinely can't remember, but she runs into this guy and he's yeah. like, you know, I like her or whatever. But it turns out that Mike is like secretly like a drug 
Lord Two or whatever, or is moving drugs in the in the club because of Kelly and Kai. Um, but anyways, when Knox Knox then like uh gets her hires her as unknowingly as his um to clean his up his house because his baby mama because he has a son his baby mama she go crazy but the baby mama actually disappeared on him because she for she did not tell him that the, his son is not his son but basically what ends up happening in this book is that we find out that um Lene, that was baby mama's name so Lene. Lene lied about Junior being um Kai's no being Knox's son and basically Chase and Junior are siblings um because the man never died and is actually alive and they have no 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 Uh, yeah, basically the man was alive um and he had to don- donate his blood marrow um for his kids because they both had sickle cell at the end. Like that's basically <laughs> Okay. Let me tell you. Just some stupid ass shit, girl. Like it was so like I don't even know how to explain it. Like there was like a scene where so the scene where Kai, which is the twin, when he comes when he comes back from jail, it's um when Ivy's getting fucked. Mind you, they didn't even he didn't even break up with like Knox didn't even break up with Lene. Granted, Lene was gone, but he was like fucking Ivy before he even broke up with Lene. And then his mama invited Lene to dinner, the same dinner that um ivy was like getting introduced to the whole family girl it was just some some hood shit like i was just like what is going on but yeah so i gave part one two stars and i gave part two two stars so yeah okay um i read scorn by p mullahan it's the first book in the huntsman series Like a good daughter, I'll wear my scar proudly on my mom's wedding day. Hell, it's not like I can hide it. The red lines run from an inch under my left eye down my cheek to the corner of my mouth. It's a reminder of where I've been, how far I've come, and who I killed to get here. My mom is marrying Robert Huntsman, rich, elitist, and handsome. If you close one eye and soon I'll have two arrogant, attractive stepbrothers to avoid. Royce and Dalzell, and their sullen, mysterious cousin Lane, jock kings of Addington University, perfect sons, handsome devils who can do no wrong. That's what my mom says anyway. The plan was to come for the ceremony and fly back home the following day, but that's the before I stumbled across something sinister in the forest on the morning of my of my of the happiest day of my mom's life. I saw what those boys did, and now I'm a witness to their crime. They won't let me leave. The Huntsman is a dark, gritty, enemies to lovers, reverse harem romance, meaning the female male character will have more than one love interest. The main characters are in their early 20s, single POV, three-book series set at Addison University. Authors note, the series contains bullying, fighting, cussing, violence, murder, explicit sex scenes, and drug use, hence on a cliffy. Um, anyways, this book was lame. It was boring, rude, tomatoes, tomatoes. Like uh, I was, uh, I was so bored. Um, I kind of gave it two point five stars, though, but it, it was still boring. 
So I can't remember her name. I don't know. Scarface. That's what I'm going to call her. That's what they call her in the book too, though. They bullied the shit out of that girl. <laughs> so what happened was she is tortured. Beautiful girl tortured, of course. But she, the day of the mom's wedding, she goes into the forest for a run. And when she goes into the forest for a run, she catches her stepbrothers and cousin killing a man. And so then they're like, well, we saw you, you saw us kill a man. So we are going to kidnap you and hold you hostage in this country. And you can't go back to Australia. Um, And so she's like, well, fuck you. I don't want to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. But then she ends up liking Lane. And then, I don't know, it was, it was fine. It was like your typical, I don't know. Once again, didn't care enough to, I was like, I didn't care enough to read the rest of the books, right? Because it's a finished series, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't care. Um, I think Scarface was like, she had like, like her, her stepdad was like a pedophile or something. I don't know, girl. It was some yeah girl it was like because like her dad oh no yeah like her so her mom married a man and that man was like a pedophile and then her dad didn't like it so her dad killed that man and so then everybody ends up knowing her as the mur- as the murderer's daughter or some shit like that crazy shit wild shit girl okay. um but then the, the brothers are all like in love with her except for which one? Royce. One. Royce. Royce is not the one that's. Royce isn't in love with her yet. Um, and how did it end? It said it ended on a cliffhanger, and I generally can't even remember what the cliffhanger was. So that's how much. That should show you how much I cared about this book. Two out of five stars. Um, then, so remember how I've been reading that Omega Verse series where the they switch. Yes. With, you get bitched yeah. or something, right? Or something like that. I don't know. I know there's so uh-huh. many different like there's so many different like Omegaverse lores. Yeah, but this one yeah, but this one is like a designation switch where they where if they come in contact with someone else who's a switch, they switch from like um but it's not like a permanent thing, right? It's just like right. sometimes they're alphas, sometimes they're omegas, whatever. So anyway, so this is the third book in that little in that series. I read it. Um it's called The Omegaverse. original original i literally that's what it's called the omega verse but the the reason why is because okay ready every famous love song has been written in by an alpha for an omega as a beta i've never expected to be anyone's muse i'm happy to stick in the background and with a past like mine it's simply safer avoiding the spotlight but that changes the day i learned my long lost brother is sticks rain the drummer for one of the biggest rock bands in the world we lost touch when we went into foster care. He ran away, I stayed, and I still carry the scars from growing up alone. I have so many questions for him until I discovered he died three months ago. I'm desperate to know more about him, but my only chance to meet him, his bandmates, is at his tribute concert. The same concert where I get rained on, mugged, and the lead singer accuses me of being a tragedy-chasing groupie. But earning the trust of a bunch of moody, grieving rock stars isn't my biggest problem because I'm suddenly triggered by a switch and my hidden Omega nature takes over, hungry for nuts and bites and a pack of my own. Now I'm on a tour bus in the middle of nowhere and I'm hot and needy for my brother's best friend. But helping me through my first eat, first Omega heat ever is just the start of it because someone is trying to destroy the band and I now have an impossible choice to make I can either sacrifice my brother's legacy or walk away from the only pack I've ever wanted okay 
So, um, damn, what is that girl's name? Shit. Lily. Rose. John. Hannah. Mark. Katniss. Cass. Cassandra. Of course. Cassandra. Anyways, so Cass is, um, She's like a beta. She's a beta, you know. She's a pastry. She loves cooking. She's a very, you know, she's given housewives. She's given for the girls. So Cass, um, she, that's what she liked to do. She liked to take care of people. So little Miss Cassie, she, she, um, ends up going to this concert. Um, Tom helps her. Tom is like her alpha paramedic. That's strictly they're just friends, even though she likes him. Um, and he very clearly likes her, but whatever. So when she gets to the concert, she gets mugged by blonde vampire Barbies, what she calls her. She gets mugged by this bitch, and she ends up um, running into Silva. Now, she doesn't know who Silva is at the time, but Silva is actually the new drummer for the band that um, her brother was a part of. He was, like, the drummer that they got to replace him for the tribute concert. So her and Silva, they're like, ooh, you know, they're kind of into each other. But they're like, you know, we're both betas or whatever. Or are they? Because, of course, they're both switches, and they didn't realize they were both switches. And they actually end up unknowingly switching when they go onto the tour bus together, and she becomes an omega, and he becomes an alpha, and then they just like you know fuck all over the place and then they develop a bond um and tom comes and tom's like oh my god you're an omega and she's like i've always wanted you it's like i've always wanted you and whatever and she gets a bite they bite each other they're made it boom cute um we have jeff and i i I'm, i know his name is jeff and you want to know how i know his name name is jeff because i'm like why are jeff so miserable like every jeff i know is so fucking mis- like this man was so miserable but anyways jeff he's like you know I, I should have been there for Steven. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was the brother's name. Steve. Holy shit. Not me remembering everybody's name in the book. Dang. Wow. Very proud Matt. of you. Matt. That's crazy. Matt, do you know? Cody. Cody's the other one. Matt. I remembered everybody's name in the book. I mean, like, that, that should be a five star just for that. That's crazy. Um, but anyways, so yes, and then so anyways, so Jet doesn't like to like he's like like Brody mysterious, whatever. He eventually falls in love with her too. But he's the one that holds out the longest. River is like he was her brother's boyfriend. So I thought it was kind of weird that they kind of ended up in a thing because you know that was her brother's ex. But right. I mean if Elena can do it in love with her Omega pussy, so I mean, if Elena can do it, so can Cass. Um, So then, um, and then who else? Who am I missing? Oh, Cody. Cody had a dead wife. And so he was also grieving, you know. It was like, it was a good book because they, you know, they talked about grief and they were like, how to deal with it. And then the foster home and all that stuff. I actually really enjoyed it. I don't know. Roxy, she does good because it's like, even though it's a lot of fucking, there's still story there, you know. There's some heart to it. So I gave it um, three and a half stars because, like, I enjoyed it. Um, I th- But my comment, though, was do Omegas get yeast infections? Because, like, and it's not because of all of the fucking, like, we know that the fucking I mean, definitely the not. Chafin, the chafing, at least, but yes. 
But we know something because you know they get extra lubricated, especially during the heat and all that shit. Like, the reason yeah. why I asked is because there was a scene with food in this drama, in this mm. book. And um, I just don't know if Omega's, like, does yeast infection exist in Omegaverse? Because definitely yeast infection for some of that shit that I read. I'm just saying. <laughs> food, porn, is that what they call it? I don't think that that's like. Food play, right? I don't know what, like, like, okay. I get the food play with like the like. Okay, if you do like whipped cream on the nipples or something, okay, okay, fine. I get that, yeah. But like, when you start putting like a cupcake up there and then like licking it out, like yeast infection, no? No, that's absolutely like. I don't care what universe you're living in. If you got slick or whatever, that's definitely yeast infection. (laughs) (laughs) balance is fucked up because she got sugar in there. They got that milk. Like, 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 oh, you put chocolate on his dick and then you lick it off and then you put that dick inside it. Like, yeast infection, no? You are not even supposed to go from ass to to, to vagina. All right, let us move on to the general topic and freestyle. You have one that you're very passionate about that I would like to hear about. It's okay. It's not that I'm, like, super passionate about it. It's just that, like, I think all you booktop bitches need to be locked up in a mental institution. Okay. Nat, do you know what the crazies on BookTok are over there doing? What? So, there's, you know, everybody's obsessed with the motorcycle um, books nowadays. Like, the motorcycle MC books and all that stuff. So, apparently... This girl went to Barnes and Noble and saw like a motorcycle outside of it. And then um, it's like, oh, this is my dream coming true or whatever. And then the guy like saw the, the, the thing. So he asked for recommendation, whatever. Besides the point. The next time there was a little kid who is six, six, a 16 year old, one, six, a 16 year old boy on TikTok who is like a motorcycle or whatever. But somehow motorcycle TikTok and book talk have like combined and those women are going feral on a little child's tiktok why Why? i'm so confused like and it's like they're like they're like oh we're protecting we'll protect our our little baby bubby kingy and then but then also there's like oh we'll we have books that you should read and like let us show you the way welcome to this universe like what is wrong with these what is wrong with y'all i feel like it's kind of similar to that hockey situation it is it is 100 percent similar to the hockey situation because like at, when i saw it because um i gracie is the one who like was reporting on it and when i saw it and i think um it's on twitter now i think i saw a couple tweets going going around about it too but when gracie said it and i was like this is exactly like fucking hockey TikTok again, like that whole hockey drama. Because now this is the same thing that's happening with the motorcycle and book talk. And I'm just like, the thing with me is that they, they, these people are insistent. They insist when we tell them that you know some of these dark romances that you're reading, where you are having all of these um, CNC and all this shit, that it's very damaging and harmful you they say no we can recognize we can separate fiction from reality why are you fucking on a 16 year old boy's tiktok yeah 
that's the thing. Actually, there was um, somebody who claims to be a psychiatrist who was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a healthy way to um, sort of explore kinks and stuff like that without like letting it bleed into the real world. And I'm like, okay, but like basic marketing is that if you shove something in someone's face enough, they will buy it. They will think about it. They will obsess about it. They will believe it's true because they see it enough. So if somebody like somebody online only reads like, I don't know, like those stalker romances, romances, they could start to see that and and think that that is okay and romanticize it in real life, whether it happened to them or whether they perpetuated against somebody else. And that's the thing, right? Like, I don't trust people who hyper fixate on certain things that are like not just taboo, but dangerously taboo. You know what I mean? Like a lot yes. of people, and that's why too. Like, case in point. Um, so there was an anime expo or something like that uh, the other day, I think in New York. And there's a lot. There's that picture going around of like all the Nanamis there doing, you know, the pose with some of the girls yeah. who were cosplaying. And some guy was like, "Oh, you know." Oh, like, yep, I saw it. I yeah, saw that too. How like, um, you know, women are ruining anime and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, so this is two consensual people adults one who are cosplaying as characters at a comic-con or whatever and they don't doesn't seem like they know each other these like seem like completely random people who just run into each other like oh my god let's do the pose let's take a picture how is that more harmful than holy nights or some of these other animes or um someone quoted that with a video from that same con of this young man who was like fingering a fucking plastic toy so they have literally made an industry out of a hegel a hegel or a hegel i can't remember i don't know how you pronounce it products basically porn face you could get like comic storian case in point comic storian who narrates comic books like pg comic books promotes a hegel like water bottle or something like that so you can get porn face anime female characters who all look questionably questionable aged okay you could you could be watching a random batman and robin's you know story pgg whatever and he's promoting a hego like fucking water bottles to people like it's just i think it's the hypocrisy for me um and it makes sense because look at things like bad bobby barbie or whatever her name is Look at how much money she makes on her OnlyFans since she turned 18. I mean, there's clearly a fucking problem with men and boundaries and the way that they view women and children and the way that they... Yeah, and now these crazy book talk, old-ass bitches on book talk are are doing doing the the same same thing. thing. Absolutely doing the same thing. I was disgusted. Like, when I tell you, I was so disgusted. Like, okay, the hockey thing, bad and bad enough, but this... It's a minor. It is a 16-year-old. Like, you think about, like, oh, you you have books you want to recommend him. Why are you comfortable recommending a 16-year-old books like Haunted Adelaide? Like, what? Yeah. I mean, the only books you should be recommending him are Sweet Valley High, Babysitter's Club, uh, The Hunger Games. I'm not saying I wasn't reading smutty books when I was 16. I'm not saying that. But there was no 30-year-old bitch on the internet telling me to read it. Right, because that comes across as grooming. So that is why it is bad, because they are impressionable young people who do and will do stupid things until they grow up. 
and that's why adults should mind their fucking business and honestly that's why in a lot of ways i do hesitate whenever i come across young adults and i have for a while because i just feel like some like certain things like i think you can enjoy things i I honestly don't think that like there's an age limit on enjoying things but i feel like there's too many adults in children or teen spaces these days Mm -hmm. i feel like we need to have our own things we need to have like why are there not more of these stories about you know people in their 30s and 40s why are all mm-hmm. of the stories the good stories quote unquote about people who are like 15 to 22 like that doesn't make any sense especially since the market the target market of people who read these books are people who are older like it just doesn't yep. make any fucking sense to me like okay you like the only thing including teenagers that i consume these days is if it's like not anime um is going to be like sweet valley high through the pod the sbh podcast and that's because i actually have sweet valley high books that i read and reread and i was obsessed with it as a teenager so it's like nostalgia you know i just like i don't understand um about like the whole like even back back when ya was huger than it is now i was like in my 20s and i was like maybe I would like to read about somebody who's 28. You know, like maybe I would like to read about somebody my age who is doing It's things. not even, what even too about it as well is like, um, remember I, t- I talk about it too, where I'm like, in particular with fantasy novels, like mm-hmm. there's so many like YA fantasy novels that you're just like, you, why did you make it YA? It's just, just because you knew that was the better way for you to sell it because it. you really could just made this an adult novel. Like Absolutely. you made that these characters 17, but they talk like they are 31 year olds. Right. And then if they adapt this, they're going to be adapted by adults, like real adults, not children. So, like, you're going to be pulling in, you know, people who are adults. <laughs> Even more people who are adults. It's very, very confusing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I understand from, like, one aspect that, you know, people honestly do believe that your life ends after you hit like 24 you know like you're just used <laughs> old goods you know like whatever I mean I don't feel that way about myself but I've also always had fairly good feelings towards myself so I like I don't fall into that kind of trap like a lot of these people do but I know that a lot of people do feel like their life is over and that's why they don't continue um that's why they they, they like try to recapture their youth in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. I'm like Age is, honestly, age is just about how you feel when and what life experiences have, you know, taken you. Like, where it's yeah. taking you. I, like, I personally, for me, I can't speak for other people, but a lot of people assume that I'm younger than I am because I have a very positive attitude. And I think the more miserable you tend to be, people assume that you're going to be older. And I'm not saying that, I, like, you know, life is great, fantastic, ah, I'm happy, whatever. I'm just like, you have to have a positive attitude. You have to be, you have to like yourself and you have to have, you know, a sort of optimism about the future, about your future and about, you know, the future of the world. I mean, obviously this, this place is a garbage bin, but you know, like I, I, I feel like if we can get a handle on how we feel about things and ourselves, I feel like we'll start to see more opportunities to write about people our age and not in a like, you know, 
10 years ago when I was in my prime, all these things happened. <laughs> you know, like more like people who are our ages who are also getting superpowers. Like I read this, there's this manga that I'm going to start reading um, that somebody had mentioned on the timeline and, and that I thought was interesting where if you, it's a, it's a manga story um, where if you remain a virgin until you're 30, you get superpowers. What? Ooh, send that to me. That's fun. That's fun. I was like, that's different one. Um, obviously, everybody's in a like in their thirties, so they're grown too. But like, I just really like that's a cool concept. Like, why are people in their thirties and forties and fifties and sixties not getting fucking superpowers? Like, I feel like they would probably be the smartest people to use the superpowers because they're older <laughs> and they 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 understand the world a little bit better. But you know. Maybe it's the whole like we want to see the world burn, so we're gonna give these superpowers to a twelve-year-old named Naruto, and let's see, let's hope for the best. You know, like I guess I don't know, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I I really hope that they leave that little boy alone because, I mean, I put it in the chat. Let's hope that these people, like these women, get some dick in real life because right. that's that's also one of the reasons. I honestly do think that a lot of these people, they look back at their past and they're like, oh, I should have just fucked all these dudes. So I'm going to write about me, you know, self-insert, fucking all these dudes at like 15, 16. And it's not going to be weird because it's going to be about me, but it is going to be weird because like, why am I writing about 15 year olds fucking? So like, it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I put it in the chat. It's called Cherry Magic. 30 years of virgin can make you a wizard. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. So I was like, you know, it's not really even about like me being in my late 30s and, you know, whatever. I just I just need to see more diversity. I think everybody who writes about, you know, 21 year olds, 18 year olds, 19 year olds, I think they're all writing the same fucking story. And I'm just I just need something new. I need something fresh. I need something different. And so I, you know, we'll see. I feel like we're going to have really good options or we're going to we're going to look for more fun and different and interesting things about people at all age groups in the future. So look out for that guys. Okay. Well guys, that's the episode. Thank you so much uh, for your attention, you know, with this episode and obviously with the other episodes, you know, time is something you can't get back and you shared it with us. So we're very appreciative. You know, if you want to reach out to us, you can at uh, Chronicles at gmail.com or on Twitter at Soju Chronicles. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, we love recommendations. Uh, you can always, you know, reach out to us in those uh, manner or through our personal public Twitters. Um, I'm Nat, that think to T22 Nat and your Exo Nippy or something? Exo Nippy. Nippy. Okay, yes. So you can reach out to us there too and give us some recommendations. We are definitely going to be reading some fun Christmas things where come taste like things coming up. So <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the um the the last book in the um Valley of the Gods series is out. Oh, very excited. Very, very excited. So yes, we're it's gonna just, Yeah, we're gonna give you some kinky fun we're gonna read that sequel to summer and soul and we'll definitely do our end of the year review coming up no, so. summer and soul isn't i don't think it's coming out until next like oh, i think it's like book? january ah. I mean, yeah i think it's like january okay. so well whenever it comes out we'll read it and yeah we will um meet you guys next time 
Bye. Bye.